I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. I am so excited about the show today because I have invited my dear friend, Sean Smith, and him and his wife, Krista, are some of my closest friends in life with my wife and I. And we've invited him on to talk about how the prophetic can resolve racial issues. And I'm excited about even having this conversation because God is the ultimate civil rights leader. And I'm wondering what happens when the prophetic shows up and God's heart can be put on display to people who may not be able to see it, maybe because of the way they were raised, maybe because of some predisposed judgment. So let's get right into our conversation with Sean Smith and hear from him. You're listening to Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles, and I have a special guest on today. This is his second show with us. This is Sean Smith. Reverend Sean, you're on the show. Hey, Sean. <laughs> What's going on, bro? Thanks for having me, man. Awesome. Are you kidding? Sean and his wife, Krista, are like family to us. My wife and Sean's wife are besties from a long time ago. And so when That's you guys right. got married, we not only inherited you as a friend, but as a brother. So I'm so glad you're on the show. Oh, love it, man. That's why we always celebrate New Year's together, do fun things, man. We, we, we love you guys, bro. I know. Two years ago, my wife wanted to labor on New Year's. It was great. We were all celebrating, and then we ended up getting a New Year's baby. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> yeah, totally. It is a sign. I love that. January 1st, baby. One of the things that I love about Sean is that he is a radical risk taker, and he's an evangelist. He absolutely empowers just evangelism in a way that is rare in our generation. And uh, you had said on one of the shows that uh, two of your heroes are Bill Bright and Billy Graham. And I think those are two of your heroes because you're seeing evangelism and you're seeing people empowered to evangelize on a, on a national level, if not international level because of, of your voice, because of your life. And we had just talked before the show a little bit and I changed directions of the show because we're talking about in America right now, there's so much racial tension. I know in other countries too, Germany and Turkish people, you know, there's just uh, the Syrian refugees. There's so much racism in the world against people groups. And the only real resolution we're going to see is if God shows up. And That's right, bro. I love William Seymour. Like we're really celebrating what William Seymour did in church history because he brought together in the Zuzu revival, he brought together Asians and, and Hispanics and blacks and whites all in one place. And they were allowed to totally worship together. And there was no segregation in that place. And it actually caused a trend to happen in evangelicalism around the world and Pentecostalism around the world. But uh, I'm just thinking about like a practical everyday, like how can God do something about racism through our lives now? And I know that the prophetic is one of the answers. So tell us a story. Hey man. Uh, some, some years back, I was uh, involved in campus ministry, one of the big things that's on our hearts, university ministry, reaching university. And uh, I was at this university, and one of the guys who was in our campus ministry, uh, he played on a baseball team. He had a baseball teammate, and uh, he told me this guy's name, and he said, hey, I want him to meet you. And that's all he told me about him. And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, I want to meet you know any student that was in our ministry. I wanted to meet their friends so I could just build a relational connection with the sure. love on him and, and hopefully lead him to Christ. So anyway, he brought his friend to me and I walk over to him. I'm, I'm at, at the time we had a book table out there. We had Bibles, we had tracks, we were just meeting people. And so he walks to the table. I extend my hand. He stops. He looks at my hand. He looks at me and uh, he 
kind of just pauses for a second, very awkward. And so he kind of, I hold my hand out and he kind of touches my hand very, oh, I call it the, no. I call it the limp fish grip. Yuck. And he just kind of looks me in the eye and I could tell, wow, there's something going on here. And uh, the unfortunate thing is they came so late. The guy, Tim, wanted me to talk to his friend, but I had an appointment. So I said to the guy, I said, hey, man, I, I have an appointment, but hey, here's my address. And uh, Tim, if you drop him off at my house, man, I'll, I'll give you some lunch and whatever, whatever, whatever. And again, I didn't know this guy's persuasion. I didn't know that Tim's friend uh, had been a uh, junior Klansman and now was a part of a <laughs> neo-Nazi neo white supremacist. And I oh, think, man. you know, look Ooh. at God's irony here. I'm an African-American man. I got, I got some Filipino in me, some uh, Cherokee, but I got probably everything this dude would have issues with. So the guy comes. I, I got this parsonage. We were, we were at a church there, and uh, the church allowed so us missions. He, he came. He was dropped off. He came. And part of the reason why he came is he was very troubled. But another part uh, of it was is that he was just kind of trying to let Tim know, hey, dude, you know, kind of leave me alone after this. I'm going to do this, but don't bother me because they, they were both from the state of Washington. Well, he's probably hungry, so guy, too. You know, college oh, people. <laughs> so he comes, he comes <laughs> to my house, and, uh, you know, I give him a tuna fish sandwich. I, I was led of the Lord. I'm like, what, what food do racists eat? Do they eat ethnic food? I don't know. So we, got, we, we, we were led of the Lord. I didn't know it, man. So we gave him a tuna fish sandwich. And as he had the tuna fish sandwich on his lip, he sit in his little parsonage with burnt orange, ugly carpet, in that little tiny shack. And he looks at me right now, he goes, I hate black people. Oh, and it was it was at that moment, Sean, where I knew I was saved. If I went to save, dude, there there would have been a rumble in the jungle right there, man. You can't oh come over my, my house gosh. with my tuna fish on your lip, talking about you hate black people. And he said, I hate Mexicans. I hate. And so I, I, I stopped. I called out his name, and I said, Let me ask you a question, man. Why do you hate black people? Why do you hate ethnic people? So he gave me you know, probably the typical deal. Hey, they take our jobs. Hey, they do this affirmative action. They got this, they cross our borders, they on and on and on. And so I said to him, I said, Hey man, you have no reason to hate anybody else. I said, uh, can I just share with you something that happened to me? And I, I shared with them how, uh, my dad was murdered by a white police cop. And, and for the record, I've got great respect for police officers. I've got great friends and relatives are on the police force and support them. And I pray for them. But these, the particular cop that shot my dad uh, was not godly. And for that matter, just didn't even honor the oath. They had, they had a background in the KKK. It's proven in San Jose uh, court case that they shot my dad. They called him that racial six-letter word for African-American mm. starts with the N that should never be used by anyone. In my estimation, no. not a rapper, not anybody, personally, because of the baggage. They uh, sick the dog on him and sprayed mace in his eyes. They Ugh. cornered him one night out at Stevens Creek Boulevard in San Jose, and drove him, chased him down a field and emptied three rounds in his back. He was dead on arrival at the hospital that night. Mm. And so I'm telling this guy that's, uh, uh, you know, trapped in this kind of hatred thing. I get it. I understand it. And I said, you know what? I said, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd have every reason to hate you and your race. I said, but Jesus Christ came in my heart and he's changed that. And man, I got nothing but love for you. And I don't know why. I mean, I'm just sharing my story, Sean. He could have had any response. It was the weirdest thing. He began to weep and cry. And wow. I, I realize now why I was led to bring him into my house. It, it was another level because I could have just squeezed in quick five minutes, you know, whatever. But something said, just bring him into your house, man. 
And so he starts crying. We get on our knees and he's crying and I'm crying at this point. And he asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of his life. And the dude immediately becomes my right-hand guy. I mean, oh my we're on the campus witnessing everything that moves. He's bringing so many people to Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, then, I'm traumatized by your dad's story and the fact that that led him to the Lord. And oh, now is that he's, crazy? Now he's your right-hand guy. The neo-Nazi's your right-hand guy. <laughs> and then, okay, so then we walk upon this guy that at the time was a daishiki-wearing, Louis Khan, Louis Farrakhan, following Malcolm X hat-having black Muslim hardcore. Oh, my gosh. He didn't even go by the, the name his mother gave him. He went by another name, and he said, man, I hate uh, white people. And I'm like, man, it seems like I've heard this before. He said, and I pulled him aside, and I, I called him by the name his mama gave him. I said, I'm not going to call you by the other name. I'm called by the name your mama gave you. And I said, you should have a problem with any God that says one pigmentation of people are greater than another pigmentation of people. You, you hate people, and yet you are perpetrating the very thing you hate them for. And he just said, hey, man, you sold out. You, you know, you Uncle Tom, you, you this, you that. You know, today he would have said, you're not woke, you know, whatever, yeah. all that stuff. So I just, I led his fraternity brother to the Lord. And so this guy would keep coming around when I would disciple his fraternity brother. And all of a sudden, this guy comes out to a, one of our meetings while I'm preaching of all things pride. And so I'm struggling. I, I look up and I see this Daishiki wearing Louis Farrakhan following black Muslim. And I'm thinking, God, I don't know if preaching on pride is the evangelistic, you know, message <laughs> for this guy. And I, I just exactly. felt the Holy Spirit say, stick, stick to the script I've given you. So I preach on pride before I'm even finished speaking. This guy stands up, walks to our altar and he starts sobbing. When I say altar, we're meeting on campus at, at a campus room at Chico State, he walks forward and he starts sobbing. Russ immediately comes up. The guy who was, I kind of was, was not supposed to say his name, but oh well. The guy who was the ex-neo-Nazi white supremacist, ex-Klansman, comes up and hugs this guy. Oh my They're gosh. They're both sobbing. And so this guy is no longer now a black Muslim, Louis Farrakhan following, you know, Malcolm X hat, having black Muslim. He gives his life to Christ. He goes by his name his mama gave him. He becomes my other right-hand guy. We're witnessing <laughs> and leading people to the Lord. And then one day we're driving. I've, I've had a one-on-one -on -one time, which is kind of our discipleship time with both of these guys. And I'm dropping them off. And as I'm doing it, the Holy Spirit said, duck in this church. So we stopped. I go in this church. It, it is actually a church that probably isn't given to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the power of God and the prophetic. And I felt like uh, one guy was an ex-neo-Nazi white supremacist. You need to lay your hands on the guy who is the ex Louis Farrakhan following black Muslim and pray for him. And when he did, uh, both of them were baptized in the Holy Ghost, praising wow. God in a heavenly language. And then I began to see uh, what W.J. Seymour was talking about, is that the outpouring of the spirit, uh, one of the things that attracts God's outpouring is when there's unity and there's love amongst brethren. And, and when I saw that, I just began to cry. And I thought, my God, we have the answer to racism in America. It is the love of God. It is this gospel that reaches, that knows no boundaries. It is a mercy and a grace that comes from the Father above that says, it doesn't matter what you've done. I'm not going to stop loving you. And a kind of love that can so overwhelm you that you have a surplus to love people that were previously your enemies and make them family from that point on. And when I saw that, I, I, I've got great faith to believe that if we will be like Jesus, 
uh, we will see our finest hour. And yet there's a lot of things that we have to work through. I get that. But it's going to have to begin with having the heart of the father of love. Well, and it is, I mean, loving the one in front of you, you love the one guy and you got past any issues you could have had. And then he loves the other guy. And you have this like domino effect of what the love of God through his revelation of his nature does. And I just think that what a beautiful, incredible picture. What would happen if tens of thousands of believers would allow the love of God in their hearts just like that towards someone that's not like them? It's wow. so true, man. You know, wow. uh, I think it was Paul came back and rebuked Peter uh, because, you know, Peter had, you know, preached, of course, and the Gentiles, as he's preaching to the Gentiles, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But then around certain Jews, he wouldn't associate or eat with certain Gentiles. And totally. Paul rebuked him for it. And, and then I began to realize that it's good that we can worship together people of different races on Sunday. It begins. But I think it really gets conquered when we can eat together and break bread together on Monday night. Absolutely. And I think that's what this that's what this generation is looking for. It's one thing to look in a service now, and it's probably not uncommon to see, you know, in most parts of the country, a diverse people of worship, at least somewhat indicative of the demographics. But when you can invite them over your house and really get to know folks, all of a sudden you don't you don't see the barriers that you saw before. You begin to see the things that become attractive points in people's lives and you recognize they're creating the image of God. You're right, man. Well, I remember I was with Martin Luther King's niece uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, and she was, we were preaching at the same event, and she said my my uncle had a vision, and she said uh, a lot of people want to teach how to celebrate each other in our differences, but my uncle was teaching us how to celebrate each other in our sameness and and, and teaching each other how to celebrate what we have in common, not what we have differently. And it was really one of those moments where you go, you need to understand the diversity and really respect where people come from. But how beautiful is it when you're brothers, you know, when you're sisters and when you look at it and go, we are his family. Jesus paid the same price for you as he did for me. So I'm going to treat you with that honor and that value. But I think these are the kinds of issues though, where when you start to see Jesus interact and he starts to do things over these issues and he speaks into him. Like I, I remember one of my most iconic times when we had racism break out the most during Obama's administration. And I said, God, there has to be resolution in your heart for this. I know there is, I know it's a stupid mm. question to ask you, but is there anything we could do? And, and that very next day I was on a trip in New Jersey and I call it a woman. And I said, was your, was your son who's now an adult when he was a teenager, was he abused by white policemen? And uh, victimized by white policemen, she starts weeping. And she said, yes. And I said, is this his name? She said, yes. I said, did it happen again when he was in his 20s? And she said, yeah. And I said, go home and tell him, because he wasn't in the meeting. I said, go home and tell him that he was born for something. This is his birthday. I had his birthday prophetically. This is his birthday. He's born for something. And these cops tried to, you know, the enemy tried to use these cops to take the place and wrongly in the authority that your son's called to go home and tell him he's born for something and don't let these cops take it away from him. And she goes home and tells him and he becomes a police officer. He enrolls two weeks later, but in his mind, he knew policemen were good, but in his mind, he's only been victimized. So he couldn't be a policeman because his policemen are evil. But as soon as he heard this isn't God's authority structure, that this is a good office, wrong people are using it. He's able to go in and do something. And I just think like, if we can hear from God, it changes our options, you know, especially with real issues that are on the table right now in different nations. Absolutely. Hey man, I have another story. I can make it quick. Tell is it okay us. if I share it? Yeah, tell us. There's a guy, he's in full-time ministry now. He has overseen uh, an entire district of youth ministries. He's a precious Latino brother. 
I was invited to do a, a predominantly Latino uh, young adults conference. And uh, I'm given an altar call and he's all the way in the back and people come forward and they give their life. It's night one. It's going to be about two and a half day conference. I pointed back at him and I said, hey, you and I, I, I you know, his outfit that he was on. I said, hey, man, uh, man, the Lord's reaching out to you. And he was actually turning and walking out the door. I said, hey, you need to come up here. So I think he felt a little bit of pressure because the speaker <laughs> called him out, to be honest. So he walked forward. And it was one of those things where sometimes the prophetic is something that you get. It's, 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 it comes in advance. I literally was saying stuff was coming out of my mouth I had no previous knowledge of. It literally wow. came almost like, you know, some people call it automatic writing. It was like automatic speaking. And uh, I, I said to him, I said, you didn't want to come up here. You're a part of a gang. Uh, your brother was murdered uh, doing the same mm. thing you're heading towards. And I said, you, and you hate my race. And he mm. begins to sob. I said, but Jesus loves you and he wants to turn this thing around because he doesn't want uh, your life to be in vain. And in fact, you, you carry something that you can, you can leave a legacy for both you and your brother. Well, he sobs. He gives his life to Christ. That guy becomes the director of the youth convention in, in a period of years that I spoke at. He's a good friend of mine now. And he shares this testimony. That's how he came to Christ. But I thought it's ironic because sometimes you can think that a racial thing is just black, just white. And that's probably the face that it has currently. But here was a guy because of the gang neighborhood he grew up in that obviously probably there was, I, mean, I don't know if he was a part of North Tango and he was going against some Crips and Bloods, but there was an uh, animosity there. And yet God through a word uh, leads this guy to Christ. And his destiny really wasn't to lead uh, a youth gang. His destiny was to lead youth Come on. in a movement for Christ. And so that's what he's doing his day, man. And so I just, I just, well, I love that because that's it. a great way to look at it is that racism's a thief from our real destiny. Mm. It really is. Mm. And so racism's a thief from it's blocking us from love. Someone we're supposed to have authority and relationship to. And so, man, that's powerful. I, I just love this episode. Well, we got to go, but uh, just a reminder, this episode was all about radical God encounters with neo-Nazis and extreme Muslims and gang members. And I love this episode. It was so good. But uh, Sean, how can we get a hold of you? Hey, the best thing to do, uh, you can go to our website, www.seansmithministries.com. And Sean is spelled S-E-A-N, the Irish way, different than yours. <laughs> and uh, we, we've got some, some products and books out there. We've got one on prophetic evangelism. One, our more, more recent one is on revival. And we're working on another one of personal spirit. We hit universities, uh, part of uh, just equipping the body of Christ and prophetic evangelism and really filling the dreams and the season uh, for seeing uh, larger venues in, in terms of people coming to Christ and seeing signs and wonders. And I feel like uh, we're starting to see some doors open and, and, and wanting to step into that more and more and more. Just uh, the Father's heart for this generation, this harvest. Awesome. Well, invite Sean to come, go to his website, get his materials. Sean, as always, it's amazing to talk to you and have you on the show. Hey, Sean, love you. Give our love to Sheree and the girls. You're I amazing. Will. Love what you carry, bro. And send my love to Krista and the fam. Will do. Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together on our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. <laughs>